Every time you turn that TV on, there's somebody getting shot. A deadly day in Central Texas. A man now in custody in connection to multiple crime scenes. Police say he started in Bear County. Our sources say he killed the people who raised him. Well, why do you want to kill your parents? That, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your parents. Moving up to Austin and, according to police, taking four more innocent lives and injuring two officers and a cyclist. This occurred and then the suspect drove to Austin and did what he did there. I thought I heard something like fireworks or something. Pop, pop, pop. A total of six dead, three hurt, and many more questions unanswered. Thanks for being with us tonight. A day of terror across Central Texas. We start with the shooting spree that killed six people across Central Texas yesterday. New this hour, a top law enforcement source tells us while the investigation is still ongoing, the suspect randomly attacked the Austin victims. If you're now just joining us, let's get you up to speed. Okay, here's what we know so far about the suspect. We now have the booking photo of 34-year-old Shane James Jr. He is a former Army officer now charged with capital murder. He was booked into the Travis County Jail last night. We're going to get more into his background in a moment, but first, let's walk you through a timeline of what happened yesterday from Austin to San Antonio. Yesterday morning, around 10.40, an Austin AISD officer was shot near Northeast Early College High School in East Austin. That's off Highway 290. And we've just learned the officer hurts is Sergeant Val Barnes. AISD says he served the district for 29 years and is currently a supervisor supporting school resource officers. Yesterday, Sergeant Barnes called out to report that he was taking gunfire from someone and had been hit in the leg. The district says Sergeant Barnes has been released from the hospital. Now, we're told 15 agencies responded to his call for help and the school was put on lockdown. Students were later taken to Delco Activity Center to be reunited with their families and classes were canceled today. We do have two confirmed patients on this. We're searching there to make sure we don't have any more. Now, after the shooting at the school, authorities responded to a double homicide on Shadywood Drive in South Austin between South First and South Congress. This was just before noon. And at this scene, we know a man and a woman were both shot and killed outside of a South Austin home. And now you can see flowers and candles have been placed outside as a memorial for the shooting victims. Neighbors say they are shocked by what happened. One neighbor we spoke with says the man was shot first and that he was a handyman who had been working on the home and they tell us that woman had just moved into the home being worked on and that she ran outside to try to help the man. I came home yesterday and I couldn't get into my home uh, because of all the police cars and the, the uh, um, medical examiner and all that stuff. You know, I completely understand. Our team, who has been at the scene most of the day, says they've also seen many people going in and out of that Shadywood Drive home, occasionally sitting outside by that memorial. Now, let's get back to the timeline. A few hours later, that's just before 5 o'clock yesterday, a cyclist was shot on West Slaughter Lane, also happening in South Austin. And we've learned the cyclist ran into a store called ATX Bikes, saying that he had been fired upon, but at the time, he didn't know he was actually shot. That's according to the owner of the shop. Frank Pryor said dozens of cyclists had gathered in front of his store ahead of a weekly group ride when they heard the gunshots, and that's when the victim came in needing help. The version that, that we heard is um, he's, he's spinning on the trail and uh, in what he described as an ambush. Uh, this person stepped out, pointed the weapon at him and fired, and 
continued to do so. He thinks it was more than three, about five shots. Now, Pryor told us the cyclist returned to the store this morning to collect his bike, which he left after the ambulance took him to the hospital. Pryor says the cyclist is doing fine, but is, as you would imagine, still processing what happened to him. Looks like we have multiple victims at the 5376 Austria Loop. Now we're talking about 648 yesterday evening. Austin 911 received a call about a burglary in progress in the 5300 block of Austral Loop. So that's near Mopac Expressway and La Crosse Avenue. That is also where an Austin police officer was shot. We are hearing that officer is now at home and is expected to be okay. That's according to the Austin Police Association. Police say two more people were found dead in a home off of Austral Loop. Our Jayla Washington has been there all morning talking with neighbors. Jayla. Hey, Daniel Britt. Yeah, obviously just neighbors shocked tonight and that crime scene tape just removed hours ago, giving us a first look at the home where that happened. According to police audio, it is that brown home there behind me. Now, as neighbors just replay what happened, hearing those helicopters as well as just the gunshots, there is one haunting question that they keep asking themselves. Could this have been them or their family? Looks like we have multiple victims at the 5376 Austria Loop. At some point in the mix of dispatchers communicating with each other. He has shots fired on a Burnley hotshot. Jen Brady says she was on the other side of the call talking to a 911 operator. My kids were out back playing kickball and um, I heard the helicopters and they told me that they heard a firework and then I kind of put it together with that thinking it was a gunshot. She didn't know it then, but she says she thinks her son was in direct contact with this guy here, Shane James, accidentally hitting him with a kickball over the fence of their backyard. So I called 911 when I was on the phone with them. The shots were fired out front of the house. I was screaming and freaking out to the 911 dispatcher and I asked him, should I put my kids in the bathroom? Like, what should I do? Those shots would turn out to be just two homes down from Brady's family, where a husband and wife lived, according to neighbors. Yeah, the cops came in. I saw them get down and start, you know, loading weapons, and that's when I told my son to go back inside. We're going to send EMS 100 and Medic 2 to the Austral Loop location, the residence. Austin police tell us an officer confronted James in a backyard along the Greenbelt, and James opened fire and shot him. That officer went to the hospital, and the Austin Police Union confirms he has since been released. So the squealing of tires and then the high-speed chase um, that ensued. Multiple neighbors, witnesses to everything, say they were never told to stay inside. My kids wouldn't have been outside, that's for damn sure. I am more upset about the tragedy, and then right behind it is why weren't we informed? Now, we did ask APD about what happened and why neighbors are saying they were left in the dark and we're still waiting to hear back. Neighbors tell us they know exactly uh, the people who were killed, but we're not reporting that information as of right now until we have that official confirmation um, from police. But again, according to neighbors, they are telling us that a wife and husband lived there in the home. Now, after the shooting the backyard in the backyard, officers, they chased the suspect to SH-45 and FM-18, where after a crash, they were then able to finally, after the entire day, hours, were able to take him into custody. Britt. 
Jayla, thank you very much. And after that dramatic chase and meeting between the suspect and police, Austin police started connecting more critical dots. APD called the Bear County Sheriff's Office in San Antonio, saying the suspect here in Austin had some links to a residence on Port Royal Street in San Antonio. When officers arrived there, they found the bodies of the suspects, the parents, 55-year-old Phyllis James and 56-year-old Shane James Sr. Now, the Bear County Sheriff told reporters a short time ago about deputies' previous interactions with the suspect, including a call in August of this year. I wish there was more that the system could do for suspects like, like, this, like this man. Uh, he, it appears, by all accounts, he's suffered with mental illness for some years, uh, from what the family members are telling us. The Bear County Sheriff's Office says James had been arrested last year for misdemeanor charges of assault. The victims, again, were parents and a sibling. He was released from jail two months earlier. Investigators also came to the home for yet another mental health episode call in August of this year. And here's what else we know about the suspect, Shane James Jr. Today, U.S. Army Media Relations confirmed to us that James was in the Army from February 2013 until August 2015 as an infantry officer. He held the rank of first lieutenant and was not deployed during his service. Now, the Army would not tell us the reason for James's separation, citing privacy rules, but the Bayer County Sheriff says James was discharged over a domestic violence incident. Now, this story is constantly evolving, and we want to have you uh, give you all the latest details as soon as we get them. We have everything you need to know from the suspect's information to the event timeline for you on KXAN.com. And we have much more news pertaining to our community, so stay with us right here on KXAN, plus your weather, the very latest, coming up. Las Vegas police say a shooter at the University of Las Vegas today has been found dead. Police responded to reports of an active shooting incident at UNLV around noon today. They say shots were fired in the university's business school building and then more shots were later reported in the student union. Authorities say multiple victims were taken to the hospital, though the number is not clear yet. They are working to figure out a motive for this shooting. The Stillwater, Oklahoma Police Department says a search warrant is being served at Oklahoma State University's Alpha Gamma Rho fraternity. This after a dead Longhorn was found on the lawn of OSU's farmhouse fraternity last Friday. We are about to show you the scene and I'll say it does include the dead animal. Now the carcass was found on the lawn just before just one day before Texas faced Oklahoma State in the Big 12 football championships. The animal's stomach seemed to have been cut open, and it did have profanity written on it. An officer on scene says the animal appeared to have been dead for less than 24 hours and was not killed on the lawn there. Tire tracks across the lawn indicated a truck or trailer might have dumped the Longhorn. The OSU Animal Disease and Diagnostic Lab says the animal was suffering from a natural disease process in their initial necropsy findings. Investigators believe members of the Alpha Gamma Rho fraternity have, quote, imperative information in connection to the Longhorn. A separate investigation is underway by OSU's Office of Student Support and Conduct. The war between Israel and Hamas continues to intensify. The battle President Biden is facing to support multiple U.S. allies. Another pleasant day with temperatures at Coda in the 60s. But notice those clouds starting to increase. Changes are coming next in your forecast. 
With time running out, today President Biden is pressing Congress to pass more funding to support Ukraine and its fight against Russia. And it comes as the White House is grappling with how to respond to two major conflicts in both Ukraine and the Israel-Hamas war. Here's Alice Barr. At a time when two major conflicts are stoking global unrest, President Biden making the case to keep supporting American allies, especially Ukraine. Stand against the tyranny of Putin. Stand for freedom. Republican lawmakers insist any new Ukraine funding must be tied to major investments in U.S. border security. If we're going to help secure the people in Ukraine and in Israel, we also have to secure our own people. I support real solutions at the border. But bipartisan talks over new border policy broke down, and the White House is adamant Ukraine will run out of money to fight off Russia and could lose the war if Congress fails to act by the end of the year. They're willing to literally kneecap Ukraine on the battlefield and damage our national security in the process. As the president makes his pitch, Attorney General Merrick Garland today announcing war crime charges against four Russian soldiers accused of torturing an American citizen living in Ukraine during the invasion. In another devastating conflict, NBC News has exclusive reporting about the mounting evidence of heinous acts of sexual violence against dozens of Israeli women and girls during the October 7th Hamas terror attacks. It was about um, targeting people to shame them. The accounts only adding to the desperation of the families of hostages Hamas is still holding in Gaza, where the United Nations says the stepped-up Israeli ground invasion in the south is fueling an increasingly apocalyptic situation for Palestinian civilians with extreme shortages of food, water, medicine, and anywhere to find safety. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. And the United Nations saying 80% of Gaza's population has been forced to flee their homes. The Israeli military maintains it's doing all it can to direct civilians out of harm's way as it seeks to root out Hamas. Well, flood warnings are in place as heavy rain soaks parts of Washington state. The flood watch was issued Monday and will remain in effect through 4 a.m. tomorrow. The National Weather Service warns heavy rain paired with high snow levels is leading to rapidly rising rivers. The Coast Guard rescued five people from those floodwaters near Roseburg, Washington, yesterday. And several rivers are expected to continue to flood in the area through the day. Mm. Over nine inches of rain have Oof. fallen in parts of the Cascades in Washington and Oregon. Another storm heading there in just two days from now. This is what we call an atmospheric river. It's like a river up in the sky. Just a tremendous amount of moisture that was funneling into that area from the jet stream. Notice when the moisture is funneling up to the Pacific Northwest, the moisture is not funneling to Texas. Partially explains the dry weather that we're seeing today. We have seen some clouds increasing just as we get ready for a pretty sunset. Sunset coming, as always, at 5.30 these days. Mostly sunny skies today, but these clouds have started to pull in from the west. You can see it better here on the satellite and radar. Not producing any rain, certainly. These are very high, very thin, cirrus clouds, but it is a little bit of a change compared to the sunshine of recent days. Pollen count a little bit higher in mold and cedar today, but both of these are still low overall. The storm system that we've got our eye on is actually the same one that I just showed you. Clouds are increasing locally ahead of the broad flow from this Pacific Northwest storm. A little piece of this, not as significant as what they've seen up that way, is heading here. And the most significant impacts ahead of it and behind it, I think those are temperatures. Tomorrow, high temperatures similar to today, wonderful in the upper 60s. Friday will warm up by 10 degrees, 
Some areas may hit 80 degrees at the end of your work week. But here's the Saturday cold front really cooling us off by Sunday when high temperatures, I now think, were locked in the 50s. What time does the front arrive and how much rain does it bring? Let's zoom in here. Saturday morning, our high-resolution models are showing the front entering the hill country. We can only see until noon since these models only go out about 66 hours. But notice by mid-morning, the cooler air in the hill country, by midday, that's when the front should arrive in Austin. Not a terribly sharp Arctic drop in temperatures. And notice our eastern counties will be quite warm until later in the day when the front arrives. Our high-resolution rain and clouds model also showing a cloudy start during that time with a few isolated sprinkles by mid and late morning as the front pushes toward Austin. A slight uptick in rain coverage, but that's going to continue through the rest of the day. Just a few isolated showers, mainly from Austin eastward. Rainfall projections, we're back to pretty much pessimistic outlooks. A few hundredths of an inch, maybe up to a quarter of an inch on Highway 77 east of Austin. But here's your first warning on the next storm. By the middle of next week, after dry, cool weather following that weekend system, we've got another cold front sliding in from the north late Tuesday and an upper-level storm that may follow on Wednesday. This could lead to another little bout of cooler and rainy weather, maybe a bit more widespread than this weekend's rain. That's just a first warning. We'll let you know how it pans out over the next few days, still six, seven days out. Okay, tonight, that blanket of clouds does make a difference in temperatures, like the blanket on your bed, keeping us warmer. 48 degrees by morning. Tomorrow looks nice, just a little cloudier and a little breezier. South winds ramping up, high temperatures in the upper 60s. Gusty south winds really ramp up on Friday. That's going to warm us up to near 80 in some areas, but then the wind reverses direction following a slight chance of an isolated shower Saturday. Cold north winds drop highs to the 50s and lows to the 30s Monday morning. There's the next system arriving wind. Wednesday of next week. One pop star has a big reputation and it's getting even bigger if you can believe that. The new title for Taylor Swift. Norman Lear, a producing giant who reshaped the television landscape in the late 1970s and beyond, has died. Lear created a variety of groundbreaking shows like All in the Family, The Jeffersons, and Sanford and Sons. He was known to use humor to tackle serious topics such as race, sexuality, and abortion rights. He also developed the first primetime shows depicting life for black families. Like Good Times, he won three primetime Emmy Awards, received the National Medal of Arts and a Kennedy Center Honor. And then in 1984, Norman Lear was inducted into the Television Academy Hall of Fame. Lear was 101 years old. Well, any Swifties out there, your favorite girl has been named Time's 2023 Person of the Year. 33-year-old Taylor Swift has dominated headlines this year from her record-breaking Eras tour to the re-release of two of her albums, Speak Now and 1989. In November, Swift broke Grammy records with her song Antihero by becoming the first artist to earn seven total nominations for Song of the Year. She also won the Grammy for Best Music Video for All Too Well, the short film. Swift beat out a wide-ranging pool of finalists for the Time Magazine title, including Barbie and King Charles III. Well, here's what's ahead tonight on KXAN. We have a new Quantum Leap at 7 o'clock, followed by a new Magnum P.I. at 8, and then a That's My Jam repeats at 9 o'clock, and then we're back for more news at KXAN News at 10. And you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin, and here's where to find us.